Okay, welcome back, all of you 80s anthology fans, to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, what's up? And Micah. Like an unresolved plot point, once again, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So sit back and relax. Enjoy our review of the 2023 American found footage horror anthology film, VHS 85. There is no tagline. Uh, I don't even know what you would put down for this type of movie. Hit that music. everyone this is episode 18 of the fifth annual halloween screamathon and we have been waiting for this film uh, every year it seems another addition to the vhs collection comes out now this is the one two three four five sixth edition to it uh they seem to be coming out every year just like the friday 13th back in the day the freddy krueger's that they had a good thing going, and they kept it up. Now, they're jumping around in the timelines uh, for the uninitiated. VHS is just a collection of found footage anthology horror stories. Depending on the movie, there sometimes is some type of a correlation to the frame narrative, the main overarching story, or sometimes it has no type of connection. It's just some creepy story in between stories of, alternate realities and 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 turkey dicks and demons coming out of ladies bodies and uh, you know halloween party that goes horribly wrong it's just all random sometimes and it's kind of the same with vhs 85 so this movie has the aesthetic and look and feel of 80s vhs and beta tape recordings and uh, they always aim to make it seem like oh, this happened at some event, or this is, you know, Katie recording something, and then this is what happened while she was recording for this normal or special event. Hey, man, beta looks better, okay? Yeah. (laughs) So the directors of this collection, um, it seems like for the first couple, they were friends just helping out, and some directors that went off to do bigger things. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but one of the directors of the first two movies, he went off and did the Kong movie, I believe, and in Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, that was, he went off and did that. He also did Death Note. So, you know, not all of them are gold, <laughs> but it's pretty cool to see. But the film features segments from David Bruckner. Now, he did Amateur Night, and that was the one with the succubus or the bird lady that was attacking the naked dudes in the hotel room and david bruckner also directed southbound it's another anthology film that we will do one day the ritual the story about the guys that go out into the woods because a friend died and then they 
find a, I think it was a Wendigo. I can't remember. They, they have to run from a very scary monster outside. And he also did Hellraiser, the remake or reimagining of the original Hellraiser movie. So Emma, uh, what did you think about VHS 85? I enjoyed it. It was a ride. It was, <laughs> it was an adventure. It started off intense. Like a couple of the, the VHS movies have just kind of like meh on their way in. But this one was, one was very good <laughs> from the start. It had me all kinds of like, holy fuck right away. So Micah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It felt like a really slow start. Like the very first found footage it seemed like it took the longest and it had like a really, really big lead up, but boy, howdy did it pay off. <laughs> that was a very intense opening after it got started. I, I don't know. Overall, meh. I feel like this was the most found footagey of the videos. Like the other ones just felt like they were, I don't know, vi- movies that were recorded with bad quality. So it was like potato recordings. And it's like, yeah, we found this footage. We found this footage. Just go with it. But this one felt a lot more found footagey. The overarching story that also weaved its way into some of the recordings was really confusing and unresolved. <laughs> like they, it was like, so fun. Like VHS tends to do. That's kind of their thing. They just don't resolve anything. So... Maybe there'll be a second one, maybe VHS 86. And there's a lot of years that we had VHSs and we ain't going anywhere. So we'll be here when the next one comes out. (laughs) Katie. This movie was great. This is a far cry from how shitty VHS viral was. Mm -hmm. And you should go watch it. I absolutely enjoyed this movie, but I enjoy all of them. I take the good and take the bad. Uh, sure, there's shorts in all of them that are just not that good. Uh, there's one in this one that I didn't really get until the last five minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, now it's actually good. But, you know, some people like slow burns. But this one, I feel the effects, the look of it, the aesthetic of it, it felt very like it was back in the day. Now, some of them, they succeed or fail with the whole this was a vhs tape and they were recording and you know bad things happened but this one it felt like legit this was like an old ass tape and it had the look the fuzziness of older like media i really liked it and sure there were some spots where the scratchiness the weird stuff like the other ones like vhs viral had a lot of it oh god the tracking but this one wasn't that bad. In between, you know, when they were switching over to the next story, yes, there was some weird fucking spots in it, you know. But I, this one was really fucking fun. I had a great time with it. Scott Derrickson, he did the the story with the 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 tape recorder, the dreams on the the tape. Mm-hmm. He also did Sinister, Doctor Strange, The Black Phone. Like he was the director. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So he's a legit movie director and they got him to do short <laughs> for VHS. So this bad boy, it came out September 22nd. 
at Fantastic Fest. And that's when the first reviews and the looks of it, that people said this movie's fucking good. Uh, a lot of people said it's the best of the series of them. You, maybe. Um, I'd agree. As a whole, probably. Does it have the best story ever? No. But it has some really good ones up there. But it was really fucking brutal. They went they yes. went hard brutal on this, almost as hard as the fucking Japanese robot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Th- th- there's some solid ones in this. So for us normies that don't, you know, chill at festivals, this came out October 6th. So it's a wee little baby movie. It's got wobbly legs. It's trying its best to scare everybody, you know. Doing a pretty good job. So you can watch this movie on Shudder or Amazon connected to Shudder or I don't know, some other thing. I'm sure you could buy it other places. Oh, yeah. But you got to watch it on Shutter. I actually need to keep up with the the editions because I don't think we have 99. I, we have 82, but I don't think we have 99. And we don't have this one for sure on Blu-ray. Oh. I need some. We don't need viral. <laughs> I need Return some. that. <laughs> so uh, for all the uninitiated, I know I said this earlier, but anthology films, Usually there is a main story and that's called the frame narrative. And then you just build off of that. So like a frame narrative would be Katie's trying to like not get eaten by a shark and she's on a boat and she's remembering stories, the stories that she remembers. Those are just the chapters of the whole narrative and they don't have to connect, but sometimes they do. That's when they don't really connect. So kind of. Yeah. So the frame narrative of this story is called total copy. And it is just a couple of minutes in between the, the chapters of the whole movie. And they just are explaining something. So we see that a team of scientists at a university, they are studying a weird thing, a shape-shifting, just a being, something that they found out in the desert at, in a, at a butte. And they name it Rory. And they're showing it television to hopefully make it calm kind of they're getting it to learn they're teach. they're trying to teach it basically if you think about um avengers age of ultron how ultron just like read the internet and then was like yo fuck humanity that's what happened they showed <laughs> rory a bunch of videos from all over from everything including all these random found footage vhs tapes that happened to be fall into these scientist laps. I guess, or that mm-hmm. I don't. It's that part's kind of weird because, like, is this happening? Is it the alien thing watching it? Or hell, I don't know. So the first story we get is called No Wake, and so we got seven friends, um, and they are heading out to the lake in their RV to do some really have some really fun times at the lake, and so two other friends. Anna and Jared, they stay behind. They don't want to water ski. And Rob, the person that is recording this nice little vacation, he actually sees a couple of signs saying that uh, no swimming, no visiting this water, but it's all on the ground and it's all dilapidated. You know, the best way to show people that you shouldn't be here, the signs on the ground. But we see that Rob, Drew, Robin, Kevin, and Kelly, they actually get into the water to some extent. And they are water skiing. Uh, I have never water skied before. Uh, it looks kind of hard, but yeah, I don't know if I really want to. So as as one of the ladies is water skiing, you see, well, you hear uh, a pop. 
you can barely hear it while they are water skiing. And then she goes limp on the water ski and is in the water. They drive around to check out what's up. And she is bleeding in the water. They take her out. It looks like she's been shot. And then we start to hear pops. And then like half a second later, you hear the whiz of a gun, of a bullet whizzing by. And systematically, everybody on the boat is getting absolutely destroyed by a sniper rifle. And one lady gets her jaw like blown off, almost blown off. Uh, a couple of, of the fellows get their heads shot and chest cavities, everything. Everybody dies. And then it kind of pans on one of the guy's faces. And I was like, dang, dad, I don't understand what this story means, but that sucks. They just got shot by some crazy person. And then they start waking up. They're still bleeding. They still look like they're wounded, but they're fine. And everyone's confused. The one lady, her jaw is still hanging on by a thread. They make it back to shore. They're confused because they should be dead. Uh, Rob, the main guy, he has a hole in his head. His brain is still coming out. One guy has intestines falling out of his chest. But they say that they have never felt better. Uh, Rob says, or it might have been someone else said, like, oh, we're zombies. He's like, no, we're not zombies. Like, I feel great. I feel fucking amazing right now. Now they find out that the two friends that were on the shore in their tent, Anna and Jared, they got killed, absolutely blown away by a gun up close. And on the side of the RV, there is a, uh, well, the number seven, Roman numeral seven on the side of the RV written in blood. And so they are pretty confused about this. One of the, one of the survivors now says that this feels like Pet Cemetery. And they're like, what is that? It's like, oh, it's Stephen King's new, ne never mind, never mind. And they kind of surmise that it's the water. The water brought them back to life because the only connection that they have to the reason that the two friends that were in the tent didn't come back to life. So apparently this water makes you immortal, I guess. <laughs> and so they decide that they're going to get revenge on the person that murdered them. And on the tape, they actually saw the vehicle that the person was in. It was a blue truck. And so they're going to go off and find this person and give them a little bit of their own justice and then the segment ends so i was like that was cool but what does it mean we'll we'll see more of that story later so we go back to the frame narrative we see that rory he's at this university and he's being studied by a team dr spratling is the leader of this whole investigation and so like katie said earlier they are in educating this thing with human culture and so they're showing them movies in the pile of movies it was wrath of khan so a star trek movie i don't know what you learned from that uh, besides being evil i guess i don't know what you get from that one but it seems like one broadcast they keep going back to is an exercise video and i don't know what position or what that works on i guess it's your core your abs or your butt all of it but you're just like humping the air slightly uh, I've seen this exercise video in other old-timey movies, and somebody's just watching, just like, oh, shit. <laughs> so Dr. Spradling is convinced. He knows that the team can communicate with this thing. The Rory, they actually give it a birthday or a happy one month, whatever you are, little bud. And so they are convinced that they can talk to Rory. So 
our next story is called God of Death. And so this one was written, directed, and starred by Gigi Saul Guerrero. Now she done she has done some episodes of The Purge and Ooh, something of death. Into the Dark anthology horror series called Into the Dark. So this is our first Latina director. And this one's it's a foreign horror. So right when I saw the subtitles, I was pumped because it's probably gonna be a banger. <laughs> so on the day of September 19th, 1985, a Mexican news crew are getting ready to do their show in the morning. And then a 8.1 earthquake strikes Mexico City. Now, the date popped up to me because I'm like, that's weird. Usually movies don't show you the date unless it's actually important. In 1985, on the morning of September 19th at 7.17, an 8.1 magnitude earthquake hit mexico city so this is a real thing so <laughs> it actually hit and there were aftershocks a four shock of 5.2 and two large aftershocks and so uh what 412 buildings collapsed and another 3,000 buildings were seriously damaged in the city um i can't see off the top of my head 5,000 to 45,000 dead 30,000 people were injured in this very terrible earthquake. So this earthquake strikes the broadcast building. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the right word. And it kills the entire crew except the cameraman, Luis. So he gets helped out by a rescue team. And this story, for it being just real, it felt, well, lack of words, it felt realist. It felt scary. Like, I've never been in a legit earthquake. Boy, it probably fucking sucks. It gave it gave Cloverfield one vibes. Yeah. Like real real which I loved that first Cloverfield movie. So I was down for this one. It's absolutely wild. Ugh. So the crew, it's Javier, Carla, Luis, Miguel, and Eddie. So we have a crew and they are trying their best to find any survivors. They find Luis, and that's it. And they are heading, trying their best to head out of this building before it falls apart because it's what the walls are cracking, the like the structure of it is falling apart little by little. Well, and they say the ceiling already caved in, like they couldn't go up to rescue more people in the above floors because they were all demolished. They yeah. had already all come down. So Luis was like halfway up the building and that was as far as they could go up because everything above them was already destroyed. So, so after an aftershock, Javier, he seems to be the boss of the group. Uh, he gets, what, rebar just, like, stuck through his chest. He, like, falls in the in the shake of the yeah. thing. He, like, falls backwards onto, like, three sticking out pieces of rebar. Yeah. So he just has, like, a little octopus of yeah. rebar sticking out of his yeah. chest. So Javier, not wanting to sit here and just suffer, tells Carla... To please kill me. I don't want to live through this. Or not live through this, but in my suffering. Yeah, in my suffering. And so she hits him in the head with a sharp part of the crowbar and kills him. So as they are crawling through like this like crawl space, they're unfortunately they're getting closer and closer to the basement. And uh, that's not they good. don't want to be in the basement. Yeah, but everything else is closed off. They fall through the floor, it seems, and they enter a room full of paintings. Now, these paintings, as one voice says are pre-Mexican paintings. No, pre-Hispanic. Pre-Hispanic, 
paintings. Meaning before Spain took over Mexico. This is some old school shit. And the walls made out of skulls. And so as they proceed through this cave that they have just found, they hear weird noises and they find a statue of an ancient Aztec god called, mm, I'm going to fuck it up, Mitklan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you don't know anything about this god, like I didn't, uh, Mitklan has a very longer name, but it is the king of death or the underworld and um has a wife and i forgot what she is what she is but it's a very scary god <laughs> so mitaclan possesses one of the rescue people and then eddie his name and eddie proceeds to kill just about everybody else and so mitaclan pops up behind eddie and rips his heart out so this is some cali ma shit from Temple of Doom. So, you know, but... so Meat Clon is actually Meat Clon. Meat Clon. He said Meat Clon. Fuck. <clears throat> um, actually. <laughs> meat Clon. God damn it! It's actually the name of the. It's basically Aztec hell. Ooh. Yeah. So that because they said it's the wall of uh, Meat Clon. And that is the basically the portal to hell, essentially. But Aztec Ooh. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> so Carla, one of the last survivors, and Luis, the one with the camera from the beginning. Well, Luis gets jumped, and then Carla pulls out his heart and nakedly gives it up to the god. And so she is cheering and very excited that, hey, my god is back. And then... I guess the camera just gets smushed by rubble. Don't know how they got the tape out. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> we never know how they got the tape out. You're right. And it's... then it was spliced with a newscast. Right. And so a news reporter, this is a surviving news reporter, she wasn't inside the building. She was outside and she looked kind of wild. But she actually broadcast that, you know, September 19th will be a day to remember. Absolutely. So fun fact, that reporter was actually the director of the movie, Gigi Saul Guerrero. She, so she... Put herself in a movie real quick. So back to the frame narrative. Rory is shown the the science crew that it can mutate and kind of look like human beings. And it seems to like turning into Gary. Um, and so everybody in the science crew has gone into the room. And Rory doesn't really do anything. Just kind of sits and chills with them. But... It likes to turn into Gary, the one person that hasn't gone in. And Gary's like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I Absolutely the fuck not. I don't want to. It's mimicking me and it hasn't even seen me. What is happening? Right. Don't like it. And so we see that this is a future interview. And so Dr. Grayson, she quit the team. And she says that Dr. Spratling, he kind of deserved all of this, but not everybody else. And I feel bad for them because... This was a lot. So we'll get back to Rory and his escapades. So our next story is called Techno God, but it's spelled T-K-N-O-G-D. And so we meet up with Ada Lovelace. And Katie looked up some fun facts. So I'll have you tell everybody who Ada Lovelace is. Ada Lovelace was the inventor of the computer back Ah. in the mid, early to mid 1800s. 
she basically created the concept and idea of a computer. Yeah. So this is not that person for sure, because I don't think she got her first for a problem. But we meet up with a performance artist and she is opening a show for a small audience in a theater. And she explains in very, very wordy word soup way that the world has killed God and replaced him with the God of technology. Yeah. Killed all the gods. Yes. Not just one God, all of them. And then Ada introduces a video of a demonstration of a virtual reality software device that allows its user, I know it sounds familiar, to exist on the physical and digital plane. Oh, does that sound like shit we got now? Yeah, I don't think they were doing that in the 80s. But, you know. Virtual <laughs> insanity. Yeah. So Ada, she puts on a VR headset, gloves, and a full body suit. Excuse me, an iPhone. E Y E phone. She puts that on, <laughs> and the video projects that she is in this like, I don't know. I guess that's what the internet looked like back in the day. So she is walking through the mainframe, <laughs> and she does an incantation to awaken a god. I guess the god of technology. And it's like, well, why won't it come? Uh, I mean, if I was the god of something and somebody was making sounds, just like oh. I wouldn't get closer. I'm like, the fuck are they doing? That's weird. But it does bring up the god of technology. And Ada is a bit worried because the god of technology is getting real handsy and starting to fight Ada as she is in her little technology suit. And so she gets, what, one leg ripped off, the skin on one leg peeled off, uh, an arm gets snapped the wrong way, it is jacking her up. And so Ada, she goes down. She's dying. And then the crowd watching, they start clapping. They're like, this is awesome. This is the best, you know, fucking stage play I've ever seen in my life. What? And the cameraman comes up and removes the visor from Ada's face. And her skin, her skull is gone. And her brain and her eyeballs are just popped out. Well, then the top of her head's like all tech. Yeah. yeah. It's all technology, like wires and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking weird. The the, the end. <laughs> so, back with Rory and his science friends, Rory is starting to sprout tentacles with spikes on the end. And the doctor, Dr. Spratling's like, this is awesome. Rory loves us. This is our friend. Rory would never He's do... communicating with us. Rory would never do anything bad to us. The people under Dr. Spratling are like, that's this is getting kind of scary. I'm a little worried about this. Things are starting to get off the rails. Now, our next story is named Ambrosia. So we meet up with a teenage girl named Ruth, and she's at a family get-together. Uh, it could be a graduation. It could be... Uh, An engagement party? Engagement party. We don't know what it is yet. And so as she, Ruth, heads outside to get more potato salad for the party, her cousin... While outside, a little boy named Adam sprays her with a water gun. He's like, I got you. I got you. She's like, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Where'd you get that gun? Where'd yeah. you get that water gun? Yeah. Um, from that lady that at the RV. And then we see the back half of an RV drive off in the distance. And then that's when Katie and I kind of looked at each other. I'm like, oh, shit. That, that's the RV from the first story. What the fuck is happening? So her cousin James, uh, very interested in the camera because it's a fancy camera. 
takes over the recording. Because he's a nerd. He is a nerd. (laughs) So we see that the party is over and a handful of the members stay behind and they're celebrating an ancient family tradition. Now, in horror movies, traditions usually are a better word for a cult. Cult shit. (laughs) So Ruth makes a speech to her family about how how proud she is to take part in the tradition. (laughs) And so while others celebrate milestones like bar mitzvahs, sweet 16s, their family celebrates milestones by killing seven people. Now, they don't... Their rite of passage. They don't explain what comes of this, what they get from this. Maybe success. I don't know. We've seen a lot of movies where people have to kill folks and bet good things happen to them. We don't know. And so she shows... Well, she tells the family that some people, they take pictures or they write something about the people they murdered. Well, this is the future, Dagnab, but this is 85. She recorded her kills. And so Ruth takes out a little VHS and shows the family that she was stalking the group in the RV from the first story. And she systematically murdered the group with her dad's 30-odd six rifle. And so as they are showing the last five at the boat get murdered, you hear sirens go off. The police have surrounded the home and the family, they're like worried Ruth is really scared because she feels like she brought the police here with her murders. The mom's like, it's fine. This was going to happen at some point. Just get ready. And then the whole family, every person in this family pulls out a gun from somewhere under the couch. The fucking couch cushions. Couch cushion had like at least 12 guns in it. And they start to lock and load. And I'm not going to say the line because it's one of my seven words. But one of the aunts says one of the funniest things you can say when you pull out a gun. And boy, howdy, I was giggling. So Ruth tells her cousin, hey, man, you need to grab a gun. We need to get going. And James is like, I can't do this. And she's like, well, well, you're useless and kills her cousin. Ruth's mom told her, kill as many people as you can, but don't let them capture you. Kill yourself. That's the best thing you can do. She's like, okay. So as she takes down a couple of cops, She gets lit up. Ruth is dead. And then Ruth wakes up and starts shooting again. And then she realizes like, oh, shit, I didn't die from that. And she shoots herself in the head. And she wakes up again. And the cops grab her and arrest her. So now we get a little bit of a jump backwards. And we see that the crew from the RV, the immortal crew, filled up the little water gun with some of the immortal juice from the lake. And they sprayed, they got the little boy to spray Ruth to make sure that she was immortal just like them. Now, they probably didn't know that she was part of a killing cult, but that just worked out perfectly in their favor. (laughs) So back to Rory and the crew. So Gary, the scientist that does not want to say hi to Gary, um, he's getting freaked out because Rory's like, hey, Gary, look at me. We're twins. And Gary's like, I don't like this. Dr. Grayson calls for an emergency meeting and says, like, if Rory, the alien, is making itself look like Gary, the person that has not gone in, that means that thing can see us. We have a one-way mirror up, but that means nothing because that alien can see through the mirror. And Dr. Spratling's like, what are you talking about? What are you freaked out about? This is a miracle, man. This, this thing is awesome. 
Like, we're not killing this thing. Rory is so cool, and it's not going to hurt us. Now, once again, like I said, it's just the wheels are coming off little by little. So our final story in this anthology is called Dream Kill. Now, this is the one, like I said earlier, this one's connected to the world of Black Phone. And I'll explain later what that actually means. So we see a home invasion from the point of view of, we'll say the killer now. Mm-hmm. And we hear the phone call with the 911 dispatch connected to this kill. Now, the lady is very scared, and I get it, but she's hiding in her room. She doesn't close the door. She hides under the bed with the phone, and these are old phones, so the cord's just popping out. So she gets grabbed, and then she gets what uh, her throat slit with an electric meat carver, and then her eyes sliced open with a straight razor. She gets absolutely carved up. It's terrible. The police arrive at the house, and the lead detective, Wayne, Hey, it's El Ray from Planet Terror. You remember that story with the zombies and the go-go dancer that gets a machine gun leg? Yeah, her boyfriend. And then his buddy, Wayne, actually Bobby. Hey, he was the brother to the killer in Black Phone. I don't think he plays the same person, but we'll see. Wayne tells his partner, Bobby, that this murder scene looks just like the videotape that they got a few weeks ago. It Everything looks exactly the same. And Bobby's like, that's not right. That can't be so. Like, you know, it happened before. So, you know, Bobby's like, so you think this person's just like, they recreated the murder before and then did the murder exactly? And it's like, I don't know, man, but I've seen this before. We get another videotape and it shows a man getting attacked, gets his fingers cut off and a piece of his leg and his skin like on his chest cut off. And once again, Wayne is like, I've seen this murder. We got the tape three days ago. And it's exactly like this crime scene looks like. So we see a couple of clips of Wayne heading to the evidence locker and checking out things. And he finds some evidence and he seems a bit concerned about what's happening. So he sets up a camera at the public mail drop where all these tapes are coming in because they're getting these tapes mailed to the police station. And so after they see a creepy shadowy figure drop it off, they have a cop watch the area. And then after a few days, they catch the bad guy. Hooray. Oh shit. It's Gunther. It's Bobby's son. So the cop on this case. So now as they are interrogating Gunther, Gunther says he saw these murders in his dreams. And his dreams are being put onto the tapes. And that's why they look the way they look. Um, A lot of like flares and like, it just looks really weird. And Katie brought it up. She's like, this doesn't look like, like a recording videotape. It feels weird. And then later we're like, oh, cause it's a dream. And dreams are kind of weird like that. And so Wayne cannot fathom that. So your dreams hopped onto this videotape. And you sent it to us because you don't know what it means. He's like, I can't believe you, buddy. And as Bobby takes Wayne out of the room to talk into just another area, Bobby says that this is true. His son, Gunther, has started to have dreams, uh, prophetic, prophetic, prophetic dreams about things. And they actually come true exactly the way he says it. And he says that 
well, Bobby says that his sister committed suicide after being driven crazy after these visions. And Gunther's cousin Gwen had the same dreams that happened. This is the plot from the Black Phone. So this family, they are connected to Finn and Gwen. And I thought that was really cool. So this, this it's connected to that world. So this family, they get visions of murders and they have to try to solve them. So this whole time, Gunther, he isn't the murderer. He's just trying to help the police out. Now in the black phone, Gwen just like walked up to the cops and were like, I know things. I'm going to help you. And the cops are like, okay, little girl. They just were fine with it. Um, these cops were a little grumpier about a, a pale emo kid trying to help him out. Yeah. <laughs> So the third videotape is out and a woman, she gets just dismembered in her home. So Bobby and Wayne, they head to the home because they see the address on the side of the video. Before they go inside the house, Wayne turns to his buddy, Bobby, and tells him, do you know this person? Bobby's like, what are you talking about? I don't know this person, man. He's like, okay, I looked into some stuff and the first victim and this lady actually reported that you were sexually assaulting them and stalking them. And the second person that was murdered, the man, was their attorney. Now, Bobby, we've been friends for a long time. You need to tell me. Only a- I'm only going to ask you one more again. Yeah. I need to know what's up with this. So Bobby tells him with, with his pistola and shoots him in the head. So Wayne is gone. I was like, oh, who's going to save the day? I actually said those words out loud. <laughs> so Bobby heads into the house and commits the murder because no one else is there to stop him. And so while at the police station, Gunther has himself another dream. A camera is recording him at the police station. And so he realizes that, oh, shit, this is the next video. I'm going to die. And he's like, my dad's going to kill me. And then we see... Bobby head back to the police station. He's already killed a couple of people and he he's going to kill his son. And he tells him, this is all your fault because you sent in these videos, even though he would have been caught either way. Like Wayne would have caught him anyway. Gunther tells him that I know how this ends, dad. You're not going to kill me. And Bobby's like, what are you talking about? And then Bobby proceeds to go through what at least seven different cops a little gunfight and well gunther's like i already saw this in my dream i already know you're not gonna you're not gonna kill me yeah so as bobby is mowing his way through the police department gunther shoots him in the head and saves the day hooray i need another story in the world of the black fun yep gunther has the power i need an older gwen and finn i don't think he'd be there he could just be the muscle and i need those three children to solve another solving crime. crimes they're I just fucking that. detectives yeah <laughs> every time to go to sleep they figure out something else i need it i need supernatural it. detectives like fucking you you haka show yeah i need it real bad <laughs> so the end of the frame narrative so rory rory's starting to just lay on the couch and is like i'm tired and so dr spratling is like something's oh, wrong with him he's sick rory's sick hey gary how about you go in there and give him this adrenaline shot? We're in an ET situation. We need to save save <laughs> him. Save Rory. Uh, Dr. Grayson, she left the study and no one else came with her. And she was so confused about why no one else gave up. Because 
It seemed like the group did not want to do this. So the doctor was going crazy. Yeah. You could see him going losing his shit. At this point, we have the narrator of the documentary is like, well, we are not going to show you the footage because it's very disturbing. And then instantly after that, you hear another tape start up and the footage, found is, footage. And the footage is played. So we see that Gary heads into the room and Rory sits up instantly the second he's close enough and shoots out one of the feelers grabs onto gary's arm and starts to just kind of crush it honestly gary gets outside of the room and has his leg tied up and then dr spratling and another lady porter just lets him go and he gets murdered in the room by rory no porter she gets grabbed also and snatched into the room Dr. Spratling realizes that uh, ah, this thing don't love us. Uh, runs off with the cameraman. He gets to the security door and they have like a palm recognition print access. That's the only way in or out. But his hand is covered in blood. And so the palm reader won't scan. And then they turn around and the super duper long feeler comes out, kills the cameraman and kills Dr. Spratling and then drags their bodies back and then we see that Rory is watching that exercise video and is moving their bodies like the people in the exercise video. And that is the end of VHS 85. <laughs> uh, yeah, the ending was like, what the hell did that mean? Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So, Emma, what story was your favorite out of VHS 85? The overarching story at the beginning with the zombie kiddos. And how that, like, melded into the thing with the detective guy. I liked that. Oh, uh, Dream Kill. Yes. Micah. I liked the, uh, what's the best way to describe it? The Cloverfield-style Aztec-flavored gateway to hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, it felt very found footage which was a nice change of pace from just filming a potato quality, whatever the hell. Uh, and, I mean, it, it gave off big Cloverfield vibes, which that, you know, pretty much nailed the found footage thing. Not much to say, really scary bad guy <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. It was very similar to, like, um, Ratma. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need more of that. That's, that's, some good, that's some good scare. I like that. Katie. Um, I agree with Micah, but not because it's like Ratma. God of Death was fucking great, and when basically the whole thing is you're going through um these this fucked up news station that is has just been decimated by this earthquake, it is thrilling and horrifying. Like it's very easy to imagine yourself in that situation because it's totally something that can happen. And then as they go down um, and get further and further and further, when they finally reach the gate of hell, basically, you I got concerned, <laughs> honestly, that it was going to go another way, like something stupid like Ratma. But then they came out with like a legitimate, like historical god and it was like just fucking great and when he actually popped on the screen when you see the god and all his fucking ginormous like Big feather shit. covered like just awesomeness oh it was so good <laughs> i'm torn it's it's really tough and i don't want to cop out 
Um, I'll go with the one that actually surprised me the most, and I enjoyed it. I'm going to go with the second half of No Wake and Ambrosia. So the story with Ruth and her family party. I was so confused. And then when you see the tattoos on her arms with the seven and just every sentence just kind of adds a little bit more to the story. I just remember just grabbing Katie's arm like, oh, my God, she was the killer. This little girl was the killer. And then it just she's immortal. And just everyone grabbing a gun. I just it made me laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. But I enjoyed a lot of these stories. But I'll go with Ambrosia because it just made me laugh enough. So, Emma, which story was your least favorite? I also did not like the cliffhanger ending. So I would have to say that a Rory thing would be my least, least favorite. So there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with the overarching Rory story. I, it just kind of had like a um, Independence Day end to it, where it starts attacking everybody and taking them over. Like, okay, well, we've seen that before. I guess, you know, it, it could have been anything, you know, it would, it, it would have been funnier if he came out like, I don't know, like a stereotypical American, like wanted to eat cheeseburgers and, and stare at women <laughs> or something, you know, I, I, you know, he, he was, he was helping out with some physical fitness, but you know, other than that, I don't understand what the whole point of that was. <laughs> I don't either. It was weird. Techno God was absolutely trash. <laughs> from beginning to end trash you couldn't even with your 2023 technology you couldn't make a video game that looked like it was from 1985 you had to add fucking red shadows and a reflective background ground and then when the god came through you had to make it like 2006 playstation 2 like <laughs> quality on a Tron background? What the fuck? You didn't even try. Or you did try, but you tried too hard. It was 1985. There was not all these fancy reflections and shit on the ground. Shit was simple. So, the Rory story, uh, I thought was going to be my least favorite, but I actually enjoyed the Stranger Things-y kind of feel it had. So, I'm going with Techno God. Now, I said earlier in the, the episode that there was something I watched that the back half was absolutely amazing. Techno God was fun when the, you know, the God comes out and she starts getting like killed. I was like the graphics, it looked great. You know, she gets lifted into the sky and everybody's watching this like play and they're like, Oh, okay. That's cool. And she gets torn apart and they're like, Oh, slow clap. It just, it got absurd at the end. I just, it was such a slow burn. And sometimes I'm in the mood for a slow burn. It just from a short story, something that's 15 minutes. And fuck, man, it's it's tough when 15 minutes, when seven minutes or maybe nine minutes of a 15 minute story is a slow burn. I'm like, boy, this, this is a lot, man. And it felt like I just felt I wasn't bored. I just was waiting on the thing to happen. And when it happened, it wasn't long enough. Um, that might just be me not caring enough about it story, but I just didn't like it. So let's do seven word synopsis. I was an overachiever for once, and I actually made at least one for each story. So the frame narrative, my first one is creepy mold kid really loves its television. And then the second one, Gary 
<laughs> it's actually a quote from the movie when they're like, Dr. Spradling wanted to see the footage again. And then Gary didn't want to see it again. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I'm like, that'd be me. Like, Otis did not want to see it again. I'm like, fuck that noise. Uh, for the next story, No Wake, I wrote, Lake Water Makes You Immortal? Sounds kingy. Um, that's ex- absolutely a Stephen King story. Like, oh, we can't die. Uh, God of Death, I wrote, Real Earthquake Reenactment Was a Fun Touch. And for Techno God, uh, the first part is Krusty Face. What the hell was that? <laughs> and then Ready Player One got real fucking creepy. And then my last one, second half of story was pretty cool. For Ambrosia, the quote that I made me laugh out loud was the aunt. When she pulls out a gun, she says, who wants a brownie, bitch? Gunfire starts. And then for the last story, Dream Kill, I wrote, I need a full movie from this. And then need Finn and Gwen to solve crimes. So I absolutely need Black Phone 2. Please, gimme. Well, not not his name wasn't Finn. You need... No, no. Well, Finn... Well, I just, yeah, but you need I Gunther, wanna... too. Yeah. Gotta add Gunther. Yeah. Katie. I also did one for each Look at you. story. Um, because I just they just kept coming to me, so that's what happens. For total copy, which is the overarching narrative, overzealous scientist ignores protocols for answers. <laughs> uh, and then two, I did instead of doing one for No Wake and one for Ambrosia, I just chose one for both of them because they were the same story. And it's a uh, the what my answer would be if I was playing Clue. Mrs. Wrigley in doorway with the Uzi. (laughs) And then for God of Death, please don't ruin with some garbage monster. I, there was a moment when they're down in the like air duct or something, you hear like this unholy scream, uh, like unnatural scream. And I was like, if they get fucking down here and it is some lame ass zombie bullshit, I'm going to be so mad. But it was a demon God thing. Like, that's fantastic. Um, For Techno God, summon God with Oculus and Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. Because that shit was whack as hell. And my last one for Dream Kill, uh, connections to Black Phone made Dream Kill awesome. Micah. Well, I also did the Gary voiceover because that was my favorite thing to do with a funny narration. And I said, Gary did not want to see again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Did you do something to provoke it? Uh, Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When when they go in there to deal with Rory, and he's like going in with the adrenaline. And he's like, did you do something to provoke it? I don't know. Walking in with a big old nasty syringe might be. I literally said that. I was like, he's got a four inch needle in his hand. Like that sounds like provocation to me. And then my last one is Rory is just helping with physical health. He just wants to make sure we stay in shape. Good looking out, Rory. Okay, I had magic water turns massacre victims into zombies. (laughs) And then, oh yes, ritualistic death. Hearts and boobies. <laughs> Weird ass tech talk. Ted talk wakes tech god. And then my sort of alliterative undead, unstable, unreal, unbelievable, unacceptable, unreliable, 
undeniable. <laughs> so this film came out October 6, 2023. Like I said, it's a little baby movie, little baby movie. It's a goo goo. It spit up some blood. So being that is a shutter original there is no budget or box office oh no um it looks really good i'm betting it they actually spent some money on this and the reviews people like it so it's probably made some money so minority kill count in the frame narrative we have gary and then uh dr margaret porter she was black i think those were the only two minorities in that story mm-hmm in No Wake and Ambrosia, they, they came didn't. Back to life. Yeah, they didn't die. But and the sister died. For really, really. I think she was white. No, Rob was Asian and his sister was also Asian. Yep. <laughs> and in God of Death, they were all the same. So there were no minorities. Yeah. And in Techno God, Ada on the stage, she mm-hmm. got her ass kicked. And in Dream Kill, no. Everybody. Not that, that we could tell. Everybody yeah. looked white. So. The new number is 403 and a Tito turtle and a house and a plane full of vampires. We crossed the 400 mark. Yeah, it just took 300 and that like to be our, 20 movies. If we post yeah. about this episode, we need to use clickbait and be like, will we cross the 400 mark on Minority Kill Count? Yeah. Dude in to find <laughs> out. Yeah. So, does anybody have anything else to say about VHS eighty five before we get out of here? Oh, watch it! It's and really also, good. Also, VHS, do it again. We'll take another one. Do it. You won't, coward. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is just in the middle of the street. You won't do it. Just point at it. <laughs> I want them to do another one. Um, I assume probably at the end of October we'll see a report saying uh, the next VHS is on its way and i hope they get another set of cool directors and they just make give me five more stories man this was great and it it seems like they're refining what they're doing in my head when i was thinking about it earlier i said that this movie didn't feel as independent like the first couple they felt rough and it felt i don't know just it felt very Cheap's not the word. I can't think of the right word, but it just felt independent. Like a yeah. Low budget. Yeah. And with these, they're starting to get nice looking. And, and the stories are still fun, but it, like I said, it just feels better. And that just comes with time, you know. The first one came out in 2012. And you say that, but viral was the last one, and it was shit. The tracking on that movie was shit. Yeah. It looked so they were trying so hard to make it look old that they just made it look like shit. Yeah. But with these, the last three, so 94, 99, and this one, 85, they've put in some extra effort. They look and feel better. And the stories are great, you know? So I just need more like this. Please keep it going. This is the second trilogy that they've made. I don't know if these numbered ones are in the same world, um, but yeah. I'd love if they just keep going, please. So with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have if you have any other fun facts or thoughts about, I don't know, Naztec God or weird alien that clones you or water that makes you immortal or a weird power glove situation or dreaming up kills, send that shit to Katie at 
Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentown Presents. So this was episode 18 in the pocket in the books. Out of sight. I was very happy with this one. So this will not be actually this will probably be the freshest movie that we do in October but we for sure I'll just tell you now we got two more coming out and they're fresh uh, we're reviewing and god damn it Mikey got me saying it like this we're gonna review the booger man the new one <laughs> the booger man and talk to me so uh, I've heard lots of great things about both of them Dagnabbit and I'm ready to slightly jump and Katie laugh at me and call me a bitch so <laughs> I'm very excited. So, the music you listen to right now that is flipping to mind effort, flipping to CE anywhere you can find them. The Studio Beats us. Thank you so much for the artwork. So, for Katie, for Emma, Micah, the loud, mean-ass Bella knocking over stuff, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots. Yeah, that's right. We're still making episodes. I don't care how many days are in October. You're going to hear our voice again, again, and again. Thank God we went swimming in that lake before we started this. <laughs>